0: The Biscuit is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork dot com.
1: Hey everybody, this is Tim Miner of Charlotte Is Creative. This Friday, December the 11th, Matt Olin and I are celebrating our fifth birthday. Okay, that sounds weird. It's not our fifth birthday, but it is the five-year anniversary of launching the Charlotte chapter of Creative Mornings here in the Queen City. When we did that, we had no idea where it was going to lead. We only knew that we loved this city, and we felt that creatives needed a boost. They needed a little bit more recognition that they weren't getting the attention they deserved, and that Charlotte needed. Something to rally around. They needed a place to gather and be boisterous and happy and positive. And yeah, I've said it before, but joyful about the state of creativity in Charlotte. But when we did it, that was it. We didn't know how many people would come and we didn't know the impact it would have. Five years later, it led to the creation of our nonprofit and meeting hundreds and thousands of new friends across the city. And to seeing that we are just getting started at five years. So Matt and I sat down this week to talk over it, go back to the beginning, share a little bit of our story of what we were thinking five years ago. And then to talk about observations that we've made along the way falling deeper and deeper in love with the creative community here. But it's not all hearts and flowers. In seeing how deep and abiding and powerful and valuable and unstoppable the creative community is here. We've also seen some things that need to change in order for it to be sustainable. In order for creatives to feel at home and to continue to want to put their talents to work here in the Queen City. And that's what we're going to share with you today. So, here's a quick casual chat between me and Matt about why we love Charlotte, what we see in the creative community, and the fact that we cannot wait to get started for the next five years. and welcome to the Biscuit Podcast. This is Tim Miner. And this is Matt Olin. Because both of us had, you know, had birthdays that that buried us deep into our 40s this year. And speaking of birthdays, this is a birthday edition of, of the Biscuit Podcast. It is. Wear a little party hat because we are celebrating that five years ago, we started the chapter of Creative Morning Charlotte uh here in the Queen City and never never thinking that we would end up let alone with a podcast one, but having spun a full-fledged nonprofit out of just the conversations and the relationships that started with that very simple act. Um so just to give some context, because we know the story really well, and maybe not everybody does, Matt. Take us back. Let's let's roll this camera back all the way to the summer of 2015 when you felt a stirring inside to do something. I felt a stirring. I felt a stirring. And uh,
0: well, you know, Sarah and Mirabelle and I, our little tight little family had recently moved back home to uh, to Charlotte from New York where I was producing and developing Broadway shows and uh, a show of mine had just closed on Broadway and we were back home near family and I was trying to figure out what was next for me. And all I knew what kept coming to me was I wanted to gather creative people together. Um, That's really all I knew. And uh, it was on the other side of a, of a deep dive personal development program called the good life project that I did where I came out the other side of that and and announced to my wife, I've decided I want to, gather creative people together and i want to do it for free <laughs> and think i think all expectations including my wife so that i would emerge from that expensive program with this amazing business idea and a way to feed the family and uh what what i came out was with something very different which was a free monthly community event which i very quickly turned to you and said i i'm gonna do this thing and i need your help i shouldn't i should note that pretty much instantly. I mean, it took about 10 minutes for her to get there, but then she started to realize, oh, I see where you're going with this. I see what you want to do. It's, it's a, you're, you're feeding yourself. And the hope is that, that on the other side of that is just going to be all, you know, all, everything that you want in life is going to come from just chasing the thing that you want to do in that moment, which for us was was gathering creative people in Charlotte together.
1: Yeah, I, I think too. And, we, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but one theme that we've seen come up over and over again in the work that we've done together and probably what we're going to speak about today is this idea of non-transactional relationships and non-transactional actions and motivations. Now that doesn't mean that if you start there, it doesn't end up in that you have a good business relationship with something that good things happen, but we are living in the time of authenticity and of people really seeking genuine connection. And I can say when you came to me with this crazy, Hey, I've landed this chapter. What now? Um, we were good. I mean, you were, you were a, a very successful, let's be honest. You were a very successful copywriter. I was very happy working in the Charlotte marketing community, which I had been for over 20 years. And both of us were looking for something very real And you can only kick that can down the road for so long. And I I really had become, I think, very disconnected from not only the creative community in Charlotte, but Charlotte in general. I love this city. I don't ever want to go anywhere. This is my home. But my world had really gotten very small. You know, there was where I worked and there was where I live and there was where I worshipped. And that was about it. I stopped exploring. And I think a lot of people in Charlotte find themselves there. And when we met and said, what do we want to do? Both of us had this notion, right? It was almost like being gold miners. We just knew that there was gold in them, our hills, that that Charlotte still had gold under the streets, creative gold. And we had enough knowledge of people that we were working with to say, we're not giving ourselves enough credit as a city for how deep the reserves of our creativity are. But we were still prospecting a bit. So as you said, we, we, we launched into this saying, if we can just get a few people in the room every month to have fun, we introduce some surprise people to those folks, people that they didn't know were doing incredible work and be very joyful about it. Yeah. Maybe some things will happen. Mm -hmm. And, and what happened? I mean, we, you, you pulled the team together and why don't you, share share with us cuz we've never actually put it in these in these terms when you stepped onto that in front of that microphone at the very first creative mornings where gen band was our speaker at of projects in november of 2015 and you looked out at the audience what was your first thought oh my goodness i mean first of all i was scared out of my mind
0: i was absolutely trembling uh, and I don't, I'd have to go back and look at the tape to see if I covered it up well or not. But I haven't been in front of a crowd that size in
1: a long time. And certainly and that was a surprise, too. Right. I mean, it was a surprise we had no expect- idea. It was one hundred and fifty people. And that just blew us away. at how many yeah, people
0: showed up for what is was essentially an unknown entity in Charlotte, which was a new free speaker series called Creative Mornings. You know, gathering Friday morning of all times. You know, most times folks are gathering in the evening. Uh, you know, and so, uh, I was, I was both, um, scared, excited, incredibly proud and really blown away by how warmly Charlotte embraced this idea and this opportunity to celebrate creativity and to, and to put our arms around each other and create less distance in between, uh, our, each other. Like that was really overwhelming. I remember being very emotional that morning, incredibly emotional and, uh, and it also feels like a lifetime ago. I mean, in some ways it feels
1: like yesterday and in other ways it feels like a lifetime. ago. I think that may be a product of, of where we are in age, because I feel exactly the same way. Like if I, if I want to put myself in that space, because you were getting ready to, you know, you had to anchor this thing. You had to stand up there behind the microphone. At that point, I, I wasn't on stage. I was, a, 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 I, I was by choice, a stage manager at best. And I was running the front door and watching people come in and i remember we got there pretty early and about an hour before we were going to open the doors there was a car that pulled up with two you know older folks in it and i remember when we finally let them in uh because we we hadn't even finished putting the table together we had catering arriving all that they said something to the effect that We've been waiting for this for years and years. We've been waiting to find our people. I, I did not expect having any kind of an interaction like that that day. And I left there thinking to myself, this is one of the most important things I've ever done. Hmm. And feeling a tremendous amount of responsibility in a good way. Right. But I mean, it was a lark when we, when we started it. We, we didn't. It's not like we didn't take it seriously. But I remember saying to each other, if if we're the only ones having fun, that's okay." Yeah,
0: that was our guiding principle. We said, what kind of event do we want to do? Well, let's do an event that we would want to attend.
1: So if no one else shows up, at least we'll have a good time. And so to that end, we're you know, we're 10 minutes into this thing. And now I think what I'd like to dive into, Matt, is we've learned so much and there's no way it would take 12 podcasts for us to share the insights that we've had on Charlotte. But what I'd love to do is go back and forth and each share one of three insights that we've had and then give the other one a chance to react to it. That work for you. That's great. I love it. So my first one is that, you know, one of the things that really frustrated us when we were first sitting down to talk about this is that we've never felt like Charlotte gives the creative community credit. Actually, I don't think Charlotte gives itself much credit Across the board, you know, for living here for a long time, and I'm talking mostly about longtime Charlotteans, we talk about our town in very boring terms. And that's why we started using as a hashtag immediately, Charlotte is creative, because we wanted people to recognize that. And so, like I said, when we started looking, we found that Charlotte's creative community is very deep and very active. Mm mm-hmm right they're not getting the they weren't getting especially 5 years ago the press or the or the awareness but they were very very active um, but i think that we we have to say that as active and strong and diverse as it is for the creative community to thrive and for creatives to want to continue to stay here they've got to be advocated for and we've got a long work as a city to not only make sure that that well beyond the creative community, we recognize it's, it's power, it's worth. We've got to teach the business community its value Mm. and we need to support it. We're having a moment right now. We don't want a moment. We want a new reality. So what do you think? Well, first thing I think is,
0: Think, set aside the fact that we started a nonprofit specifically to to push, bring this into reality. Right. I mean, this is the, these are the things we believe in. These, these This is our right. mission. Um, but, but what really pops into my head is, you know, my my wife is a leadership coach. She coaches leaders and executives and small teams and just tons of different types of people. And, and one of the things that she sort of the tenets that she brings into those conversations is this idea of acknowledgment that by and large we as humans are not acknowledged in the way that we need to be acknowledged and and i have seen this play out i've seen it play out on my own life and my wife's life and in the lives of so many other people too when they finally get the acknowledgement that they have craved for so long that they deserve something changes in them and so um and so that's one of the things, among many other things, we want, we want artists and creatives to be paid fairly and hired and to thrive economically with their businesses. But I also want them to be acknowledged for the incredible work that they're putting into the community and into the world I and mean, for the gift they are to all of us. Um, so, so, yeah, that's what comes to me is let's, among every, all the work we're doing in support of the creative community, let's make sure that all of us are
1: acknowledging them for the gift they are to, to, to Charlotte. There's, there's a second half of that though, because art and creativity sometimes loves anonymity, uh, Mm. right? And to feel like, Hey, we've got this, this very tight, small, cool little club. Let's not let anybody in. And and so sometimes that notoriety and that promotion can actually change, change people's perceptions in the, in the wrong way. Mm. I think we've got to make sure the creative community has to recognize it's okay. It's okay for people in the burbs to know who you are and see your work and support you. That's a good, that's a good thing. And I think we also have to recognize the fragility of this community that, that we don't want to take for granted how deep and broad and powerful and cool it is because particularly when COVID is over, if, if folks don't feel at home here, they will go. And we've said to creatives, Look, you can go to other communities that are that are thriving and have a more established art community. But stay here in Charlotte and help us write the rules and really. Define the identity and how we work as creatives in Charlotte. If we don't do that sooner rather than later and continue vigorously that work, but also make sure that people are seeing rewards for their for their work, they will go other places. And so yeah. that, that's something that we need to keep in mind, because, look, COVID, let COVID be a uh, a preview, not having the work of creatives at the ready all the time and creative experiences and places to go visit is not something people want long term. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Well, this sort of leads me into my first thing. Should I jump into my first yeah, man. Thing? insight? Yes. What have we, what have we learned? <sighs> well, one of the things I've learned is, is that telling the stories of our communities creatives is absolutely <laughs> vital. Uh, And once their story is out there, then that just becomes another tool for them to to, to further tell their own stories too. I mean, it's one thing for us to to tell the story of creatives doing the work that they're doing out there in the biscuit, you know, or on our media channel or on our Instagram page or whatever. Um, It's another thing to sort of then for them to have those tools to go out and further amplify their story as well. Um, My observation is that there wasn't nearly enough coverage of creativity in charlotte five years ago and i I actually remember at after the first creative morning someone coming up and saying wow this is amazing but if you think if you think you're going to be able to keep finding awesome speakers to get up on this stage and talk you're 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 going to be sorely mistaken. you're going to run out of speakers in charlotte and thankfully you and i didn't buy into that narrative because There's, we know now five years in, there's no way we're going to run out of speakers. We can barely keep up with how many people deserve that platform. Um, But, but really, I think my observation is that there wasn't enough creative coverage in Charlotte five years ago. I feel like that's starting to change now. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do Do you feel like there's more coverage of creativity happening in Charlotte. And and, and I am just mean the biscuit, right? Obviously we have a media channel that's dedicated to telling those stories, but I think I'm seeing more and more of it in other outlets these days too.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I don't think that was for any lack of, of desire, but media itself has changed. I mean, if you, if you think about how much the media landscape just nationally, right. Has changed and how we tell stories and what we use to communicate um, has changed in the last five years. That's part of it. Right. I mean, we were looking at, Traditional media, you know, TV stations have fewer cameras roving around Charlotte than they did before. Radio stations are running at, you know, their um, bare, bare minimums. Some of them, the, the Observer, unfortunately, and other print publications were dialing back, you know, on staff. So the prevailing wisdom, I think, at that time was people want the news and people still want the news. They want to know good and bad what's going on. We just felt like there was a lot of room for good news for for the creative stories. And I do think that we've helped to to push that forward. I've been really excited to see how uh, traditional media sources have begun to cover creativity more, especially with diverse creatives. and, and how audiences are reacting to that. And even in our media partnerships, like people that we work with all the time, like FAE, WBTV, we've seen just a real incredible willingness to, to cover every aspect of the creative community. You know, Charlotte's a big town. Uh, one thing I think is always interesting is people will say, you know, I ran into somebody the other day that's never heard of you guys. Or never been to creative mornings. Well, of course. That's not shocking to either no. you or to me. This is a big town, right? I'm learning about things. We're actively looking every day. As you said, far from running out of things to talk about, we're at a breakneck pace to catch up. We're not even yeah. trying to keep pace. And so if we're out there actively looking every day and we're being surprised every day, of course we're gonna run into people that have never heard of what we're doing. It's it's a Seven day a week, 24 hour a day, 52 week a year uh, job to to tell the stories and to tell your own story and advocate for yourself. And so as that content's out there, we want to help creatives use it. Right. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to be quick. My next one. I, I think we figured out that there are boatloads of people in Charlotte that are seeking either invention inventing themselves, starting their career. Uh, And that would be people that are, you know, the Gen Y or millennials, although millennials, not so much. They're, they're pretty, they're getting pretty established at this point, but they're looking to invent, to establish who they are. They have an incredible kinship as we've seen people sitting together in creative mornings meetings, or as we're out and about an incredible kinship with baby boomers and people who are retiring, who are seeking reinvention. Right. They've got time, they've got money, they've got talent, and they are not content to just sit around and, and either watch TV or, or play golf. They want to get involved. And and we've seen some pretty beautiful times where, pe- where we're putting those folks together. Um, the middle, you know, when you're generation X, although we've got some really active generation Xers out there, they're pretty focused right now. It's, it's hard to penetrate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but putting people together that are seeking invention or reinvention, there's some real magic there. What no, you it think? absolutely is. And I think uh, the thing that comes
0: to me when I hear you talk about that is how it relates to this idea of economic mobility in, in Charlotte. And we've been having a lot of conversations about mentorship and social capital exchange. And, you know, you and I are getting tighter and tighter with Stacy Cassio at pink mentor network. And so this idea of, generations who are looking for invention and generations who are looking for reinvention and what sort of magic can happen when they come together. I love the idea that that can be a two way street. You know, yeah, when it's, you reciprocal. This, it's reciprocal. Absolutely reciprocal. You know, when you think of the idea of mentorship, very often it you think of it as a one way street. I am mentoring this young up and coming buck, right? And it doesn't have to be that way. No, In fact, that's it not. It's a false way. narrative. It's a false narrative. It's like, yeah, there are so many gifts that uh, a more seasoned professional can hand off to an up and coming professional. Uh, or creative or artist or, or whoever, but also there are are just as many gifts that can be given over from that young up and coming person uh, to, to the, to that more seasoned person. And maybe that's the gift of new perspective or fresh energy, or just a new way of looking at the world um, or, or a new way of doing things because the world has changed. So I love this idea of the mutually beneficial, um, relationships that are possible with, with the age diverse um, community that, that we're in. Speaking of our diverse creative community, we, you and I both know that Charlotte's creative community is incredibly diverse and uh, we all need to champion and champion creatives of color. Um, one of the insights that I've been having lately is that the conversation can easily become limited to the black community. And of course we, we are. Or the oh black gosh. and
1: white community, very binary in, in time.
0: Very binary. It's a very binary conversation. Exactly. And I am so I one of the things I treasure the most in our lives in Charlotte it are are the relationships and the friendships that we've been able to enjoy with our with creatives in the black community. I mean, that those have been some of the most rewarding experiences and relationships that i've ever experienced in my entire life Um, and and i and there are so many more in the black community that we haven't even met yet so i'm just so excited about where all those relationships are going and at the same time when we say creatives of color we mean creatives from all ethnicities you know and and one of the things that we're really starting to see this year in particular is the latinx creative community, the Asian creative community, the Indian creative community, this, the well goes so deep and so broad, and it's so diverse, that I just want to make sure that we're not getting caught into that binary conversation that we're, we're truly opening the scope wide up and and thinking of um, getting to know and championing creatives of color from, from so many different backgrounds. I looked up a few stats recently and they were pretty astounding. I mean, since in 2019, 15% of the total population in Mecklenburg were made up of immigrants. Uh, The 24% of the total population growth in the County was attributable to immigrants, and and the top five countries of origin were Mexico, India, Honduras, El Salvador, and Colombia. Now we're not just talking about immigrants here, but but I, I use that just as a touchstone sort of moment where you can say, "Wow, this this city is so diverse, and we need to pull them all
1: into the fold and make sure they're celebrated." It has been such a rewarding, um, but yet very humbling experience to to get to know uh, as the as many creatives of color as we have over the last couple of years and to, to see how truly blessed Charlotte is, you are absolutely correct. We do not give ourselves or enough credit or even understand credit's actually probably the wrong word. I don't know that the average Charlottean, especially those living in the wedge understands how strong the international community is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait to you know, we are committed in next year to really diving in harder on that. And, um, I've learned from our interactions to, and this is hard for me particularly is to shut up and listen. Um, you know, we're problem solvers by nature. And so you and I often go to tables or get into conversations with people and we want to solve that problem. Here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to do it, you know, or I'll put you together with this person and a, recognizing how diverse Charlotte is, that was a, a pretty um, important revelation, but also that we're better helpers if we relegate ourselves and just listen and ask more questions and say, what are you trying to do? What What's in your way? And how can we help? Um, And I think back to conversations with people like, you know, one of the very early conversations we had at at preparing for Creative Mornings was with Davida Galloway. And we, uh, that one afternoon of conversations, it was an hour, led us to create the the Hug Grant program. Mm -hmm. Um, And every time I feel, I feel stronger, better, and, and better able to do our work, the less I speak. <laughs> and that's going to be a lifelong struggle but but i think asking people and to let us see through their eyes and have some patience and grace so that we can learn um what their needs are and what their challenges are and to get behind them and support their efforts um and and introduce them to more and more people like minded who can help them that's a wonderful way to spend a career and it's, it's been a, it's just been an honor.
0: It really has been. And you know, what we have going for us in terms of, of expanding these relationships and championing them and encouraging others to support as well are are the numbers, quite frankly. I mean, when you consider that black owned businesses in, in the region generated $1.5 billion in sales revenue Asian-owned businesses generated 2.5 billion, Hispanic-owned businesses, 960 million. I mean, these are incredibly real numbers that are formidable in the context of our regional economy. And so it's like, you have the the part of this conversation that feeds our soul. And then you have the part of this conversation that's like, y'all better wake up and pay attention and support because these are big pieces of our economy that need to be supported and patronized and championed.
1: So I just wanted to put that out there too. I, 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 just couldn't agree with you more. And that, that is our daily learning, right? Is, is as our organization expands and as you and I know more people and we're allowed to sit at more tables, the responsibility has increased to when we get there to make sure that we're sharing that spotlight, inviting other people to the table and, and shutting up. Um, and just and just trying to see through other eyes and hear with other ears um i i just every time we do that i feel happier with my life and more excited about where charlotte is headed absolutely all right we got one one more each Light, Light, lightning round is correct lightning round okay lightning round here's what we're going to do i'm setting it we each get 1 minute i'm going to sp- view this out <laughs> and you're going to okay. respond and you'll do likewise. All right. Okay. Here, here it is. It is our kind of honor and pleasure at Charlotte's creative to bring the established business community and the emerging scrappy art and, and creative community together. And I want people to recognize the businesses I think are coming around. They're seeing that, yes, you need this creativity. You need it inside your company and you need it surrounding your company. So your employees are happy they're excited to come to Charlotte and they're gonna stay here because they can find a home in the create, you know, within the creative community. With creatives, you need those businesses. You may think corporation or corporate money is icky. Okay, don't take money that's ill-aligned with you. But it's okay. It's not selling out if you get paid to do your work, if that's how you pay your bills and make sure, hopefully, that you can retire someday and that you have health insurance. We can grow together.
0: I couldn't agree more. I feel like the idea of selling out is so 1992 (laughs) for me personally. I'm like, I want it dead as long as, as long as what you're doing feels in alignment and in integrity with your vision and the way you want to show up in the world, then go for it. I mean, this is how we're, you know, this is, these are opportunities to, to build generational wealth. It's an opportunity to, to build your business. I mean, just, just go for it, you know, embrace the opportunities that are out there and seek opportunities to get connected. And that's where the social capital comes in. So, well, that's the
1: other thing too, is if you, if, if we continue to say business equals bad, right. Then, then really those connections are not going to take place, get in there, work with them and let them see through your work and through who you are, what may be missing, right. Work together to make that change. All right. Lightning round. Here's my final thing, and uh, it is Maybe. sort
0: of related to, to you know, economic uh, stability in a certain extent. I mean, the thing that I've noticed obviously is that the artists and the gig economy creatives and the creative entrepreneurs in Charlotte are hurting right now as a result of the pandemic. You know, you and I had a the opportunity to be involved in the Arts, Culture, and Creativity Fund, the the, the 1.2 million dollars in, in CARES Act funding that we were, you know, able to of secure through the city and the county and then push out into the community in partnership with uh, the Arts and Science Council and Foundation for the Carolinas and Hugh House. And through that process, getting the word out there and then bringing the applications and reviewing those applications and figuring out how do we deploy 1.2 million to these people who are hurting so badly inside the rules of CARES Act funding. It is federal funding. The one, one of the things that we learned was that, man, we knew creatives are hurting, but they are really hurting. And that investment was critical and timely, but we need more and more investment in the creative community going forward into 2021 and beyond. Let's not use that as a, oh, man, we, we got through that. You know, let's let's use this as an opportunity to sort of learn some new muscle memory and realize just how important, how valuable the creative community is to the present and to the future of Charlotte and make sure we keep investing in them over and over and over again.
1: So you said the word that I, uh, I hoped you would, which is invest, right? I know I've talked a lot about a lot about business on this and it's because I want this creative community in Charlotte to be sustainable. I want them to make their living. I want them to stay here. I want them to be valued and prized and we are a business town. So what we want people to understand, what we want the general population to understand what I was really Kind of gratified that the county and the city who donated to that fund, right. Took the cares act dollars was to look at creatives as small businesses. Now that's not the end of the story, but it is one story. Oftentimes the narrative of how you keep arts and creativity going in Charlotte is that, Oh, those poor guys can't make money on their own. We've got to give it to them. And, and that people don't like that. They don't want to be felt, you know, they don't want to give to something that they think is unsustainable, right? The other is that diminishes it. Creatives here are driving our reputation as a city. They are employing people. They are creating incredible products. They are small businesses. And as you said, absolutely, it is a way out. It is a way up. It is at, you know, it, it is an opportunity being a creative, being a musician, being a graphic designer, being a UX designer, being a, a, an event planner, being a, a, a coach. You know, being a muralist, that is a way to be whole, to help our community and help your family. And, and we want Charlotte to realize these are small businesses we have to support, not, not out of excess, not, oh, well, if we have $100,000 left over, we'll give it to the arts people. No, just as we would invest in any business infrastructure, we need to invest in creatives and not when it's bad, when it's good when we come out of covid and and the and hopefully business is booming right we need to give as vigorously or more as we are now because it will come back that that spirit of ingenuity that you are investing in will create incredible companies they will employ people and they will make this town right recognized across the country and the world as a great place to come if you're a creative but an awesome place too if you want to relocate your business because our quality of life is informed by a very vibrant creative community and creativity and that creative community is a great place to, for people to find their way here. Um, so absolutely it was necessary this year, but it is necessary every year. And that will be our, our goal is to advocate and help create a framework that not only supports artists, but makes sure that, and creatives, but make sure that they're thriving and make sure that if you come here and you want to start, You know, a you want to be a social entrepreneur, or you want to start as a a, and create your creative business. The mechanisms and the sentiment and the support from both the the citizenry and the corporate community is here in Charlotte. Well, listen, Matt. um, I mean, you and I talk every day, but we don't really get to talk like this. Uh, Thank you, thank you for for landing that chapter of Creative Mornings five years ago, and thank you for picking up the phone and saying, Tim. I'd really like you to be a part of it. It has changed my life and we work hard every day. But when I put my head on that pillow, I know we're doing something that's worth a damn. And I thank you for that. Well, thank you for always having my back when I have no idea what to do, which is pretty much every day. <laughs> much every day. So, well, you um, say it all the time. If you put the two of us together, you got one usable human brain, basically one, one normal man. Yeah. Exactly. So Uh, thank you to everybody listening for another great year. 2020 was, um, well, we won't put an adjective on it, (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's it's drawing to a close, but I, I this is so cheesy, but I, I have never really understood um, the line. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, but this year I actually do think I got it because for every low moment, and there were plenty this year, the creative community has provided me two or three amazing moments. And yeah. for that, I'm, I'm going to be grateful. Still happening. Still happening right now. So
0: onward to 2021.
1: Thanks to Matt Olin and Tim Miner for sharing their favorite Creative Morning Charlotte memories and lessons learned. Most importantly, thank you, the listener, for tuning in to The Biscuit Podcast. That's all the time we have for today's episode of The Biscuit. Remember to subscribe to The Biscuit Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review so that other creative Charlotteans can hear about us or better yet, just tell them yourself. Finally, get the scoop on charlotte's creative scene delivered straight to your inbox every week by subscribing to the biscuit email newsletter do that now at BiscuitCLT.com. the biscuit clt podcast is a member of the queen city podcast network produced by tim Miner, matt olin and andy go of gojo studios music by harvey cummings